Have you heard about the social media platform for kids? It's called Zikazoo. It's a great place where kids like me can come together to make fun videos. Videos moderated by real people who review content before it's posted to the feed. I love the dance challenges. I love that it's Kids Safe COPPA certified. Uh, I don't know what that means. It means it has built-in privacy protections for your online data. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network. For kids. <laughs> Download the Zigazoo app today. Hi, I'm Antonia Blythe, and this is 20 Questions on Deadline. Joining me today is Alison Bree. Welcome, Alison. We got second place in my seventh grade lip sync contest for one of the songs on that album. The one that was like, you've already won me over. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. It's a very slow. all the options. In spite of me. Like, what did we do? It's so slow. (laughs) Don't forget to listen to 20 Questions on Deadline. Thank you again, Alison. Thank you. Martha Stewart, the original influencer. When I think about anything, I think about the way that she did it first. The media mogul. The six years ahead, she saw what was coming. The prisoner, the rise, the fall, and the reinvention of an American icon. Once Martha paved the road, everybody else pretty much copied her. A CNN original series, The Many Lives of Martha Stewart, now streaming on Max. Are you looking to step up to a 4K smart TV? One that gives you unparalleled clarity and picture resolution? Then we've got good news for you. Because the Vizio 65-inch V-Series 4K smart TV is now just $348. With all your favorite apps built in, you can stream straight out of the box. You can even sing along to all your favorite music and radio on the iHeartRadio app. Looking for a smaller or bigger screen? Vizio offers unbeatable prices on all V-Series 4K smart TVs. Head to Walmart.com today and score the 4K TV you've been waiting for. Welcome inside the Green Zone, presented by BetMGM. I am Dave Ross here at Circa Sportsbook. He is Wes Reynolds over at Mandalay Bay. And, Wes, it's going to be a fun couple days with you. You know, when you look at it on a Saturday in June, sometimes people say, oh, it's the dog days of the sports betting season. Not this first Saturday in June, Wes, because there is a smorgasbord of sports to choose from here. Obviously, we're going to get into the Eastern Conference second round here with the Nets and Bucks tipping off later on this afternoon. You've got a great leaderboard right now at the Memorial. We'll talk some golf as well. And Major League Baseball, obviously, in full swing. If you like the fights like I do, UFC Fight Night is tonight at UFC Apex. And, of course, we're going to run those ponies today at the Belmont with the final leg of the Triple Crown. But, Wes, when you have so many options to choose from, what catches your eye on this big Saturday? Well, obviously, the playoffs now with the NBA in full swing, we're going to get Bucks and Nets started today. Game one, we also did at least get one game seven mm-hmm. in the first round of the NBA. That'll be tomorrow, Dallas and the Clippers. Uh, somebody's uh, going to try to win at home for the first time in that series <laughs> because it's been 6-0, and first time ever since we've gone to best of seven series in the NBA playoffs. And road team has won all six games, so Clippers going to try to break that streak tomorrow and move on in the uh, to the second round. But hockey 
playoffs going today. Mm-hmm. I know we're about an hour away from Carolina and Tampa Bay. We have Boston and the Islanders tonight. Belmont Stakes. I know no Triple Crown on the line, but especially if you're a big horse better, there are eight grade one races today on this card at Belmont Park in New York. So really one of the best days of the year if you're a horse player. I know we'll bring Ron Flatter on later in the program to go ahead and preview that Belmont Stakes this afternoon. Yeah, absolutely. We're going to have Tim Doyle, uh, Mike Peronio, and Ron Flatter all joining us throughout the afternoon here uh, inside the green zone. And we just had a home run in Cincinnati, so 1-1 right now uh, early in that ball game against St. Louis. St. Louis went off as a slight dog in that one at plus 106. The over-under 9 juiced up to 130, so right now 1-1 in the top of the third. We do have some intriguing baseball matchups that we'll keep our eye on uh, throughout the afternoon as well. Uh, but I did want to ask you real quickly, Wes, as we start off, and we are going to talk some golf here with the Memorial. They had to complete the uh, second round today, so finally you look up in the third round out there at Jack's Place at Dublin, Ohio, and it's, it's a great-looking leaderboard so far with John Rahm, Patrick Cantlay, and uh, Kyle Morikawa here. It feels like a light major, does it not? And I know we're going to get into some of your golf picks, but it's a really good-looking, entertaining leaderboard as we're midway through the third round now. Yeah, absolutely right, Dave. 11 of the top 15 in the official world golf rankings are at Jack's Place this weekend for the Memorial. And right at the top of the leaderboard, two former champions. John Rahm I had last year, 22 to 1. I don't have him, unfortunately, this year because I didn't really want to bet him at half the price. And look, I'm a big John Rahm fan, and I bet him a lot, especially in majors, because I think that major win's coming sooner rather than later. But he really hasn't been in the form this year. No. He's been a little bit off, especially on the greens with the flat stick. So not off so far. One shot lead through six holes over Patrick Cantlay, who was a, another former champion at Muirfield Village, and also Colin Marikawa just right behind. Marikawa did not win the Memorial, but he has won on this golf course before. Of course, he won. If you remember last year, they had that one-off deal where they played this course two weeks in a row. They mm-hmm. had the Workday Charity Open when he made that bomb to force a playoff against Justin Thomas and eventually got the win in the playoffs. So really good leaderboard today at the Memorial. Yeah, and again, two weeks from today will be the third round of the U.S. Open, so you really do want to be in form as you get ready for that. And again, we will talk, uh, talk a little bit more golf later on in this program. Again, you mentioned the two Stanley Cup playoff games that we have uh, 4 p.m. Eastern, got the Hurricanes and Lightning. Very quickly just on that with the Lightning up 2-1 to one in that series. Uh, obviously, the Hurricanes are back in this series. But, uh, Wes, do you think that this is a live dog here in Carolina? Can they uh, maybe tie this thing up today? It very well could be. I'm actually looking more toward the over because this has been an under series, so I would like the over five and a half at plus money. I just think that Tampa Bay Lightning power play is so lethal. I think going into the last game, they were like somewhere around 39%, which is very high uh, for the playoff series. And look, this has been low scoring. Both goaltenders, I think, have been very good, but can Carolina withstand the power play of Tampa Bay? And plus Carolina a little bit shorthanded now with Niederreiter out, with Vincent Trocheck out. So Carolina's depth, I think, is going to be hurting here toward late in the series. Absolutely. Much more on that. And, of course, you are inside the green zone right here on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. Dave Ross here at Circa. Wes Reynolds is over at Mandalay Bay. And, Wes, let's get into it now. Obviously, game one between Milwaukee and uh, and the Nets here. This should be a really interesting matchup. And we've seen some subtle line moves today where it's gone and bounced around from three and a half to four here in this game one, the total is sticking right now around 239, 239 and a half, depending on where you're shopping around. Wes, just your game one feel so far. I feel like there's a lot of respect being played for the Bucks here. Uh, do you feel that there's enough respect being shown Milwaukee's way? 
Yeah, I think it's appropriate. And if you look at the series price, Dave, earlier in the week, the high, really the market uh, high here was $2 on the Milwaukee Bucks. I unfortunately did not get in at $2 because now you're seeing as low as 160 I think at BetMGM, I believe it's 165 kind of in that range. Basically in the market, you're going to see 160 165 plus 170 on the Milwaukee Bucks. The way I kind of went with the series actually is one thing you could do right here at BetMGM, you can not only bet exact series of if it's going to be Bucks and six or Nets and seven or what have you, you can also played the spread, and that is actually what I did right here at BetMGM. I took the Bucks plus one and a half games minus a dollar thirty-five. Mm. So what that is basically doing is saying, okay, you don't necessarily have to win the series. But if it goes game seven, and let's say the Nets win in seven, you're still a winner taking the Bucks at plus one and a half minus a dollar thirty-five. Take back on the other side if you want to lay the Nets minus one and a half in terms of the series spread would be plus one ten. So that's the way I played it. I have not yet bet tonight's game. I am looking Milwaukee's way though at plus four because. I do feel the market is respecting them. Maybe the press is not respecting mm. this team, though, because if you look at Milwaukee, when they were the one seed the last two, each of the last two years, they laid an egg and kind of did a face plant in the playoffs, could not make it out of the conference finals. Now this year, they're being a little bit, I don't want to say ignored, but Brooklyn is obviously the new toy and the new flavor of the month with the big three, and they're the big market team really still left in the East. Philadelphia, obviously, that's a lot predicated on Joel Embiid's sure. health to see how far they are going to go. But they were certainly, I think, the two teams, because I do have Philadelphia 5-1 to one to win the Eastern Conference and make the NBA Finals. But with Embiid's health, you're just not sure. And I think the market's not really sure yet either. And that's why you saw the spread when it opened up for tomorrow at 2.5. But I do like Milwaukee here. If you look at the last couple games of the regular season, they did sweep the Nets back-to-back -back at home. And I think a lot of it was because Drew Holiday gave Kyrie Irving fits and was able to chase him around the floor but now you have a Brooklyn team they do have all three guys and one thing having that big three with Durant and Kyrie and James Harden is they can mask a lot of mistakes that the Nets make especially defensively but the Bucks make their own fair sh uh, share of mistakes defensively so that's why you've <laughs> seen this over here at 239 and a half and look maybe it's not high enough I think in this series if you're going to bet overs Dave you want to bet it right away. You don't want to wait on it and say, eh, let me see if I can get an end game because then all of a sudden, if you get a really hot start in the first quarter, you're looking at like 249, 250, 251. So I think if you want to bet the over, you want to bet it early. If you want to bet the under, you probably want to wait for end game because I think this is going to get bet higher than the opener pretty much every single time out. Wes, what decade is this where over-unders in the postseason in the second <laughs> round are 239 and a hook? I mean, is this like the old Denver Nuggets and Dan Issel running up and down the floor in the 80s? I mean, you just don't see spreads this high and totals this high, certainly uh, in the first round, uh, in the second round of the NBA playoffs. And again, you look at the matchups here, and I, I look at the player props, and I see Giannis at 32 and a half here, and I go, well, he's got to guard somebody in one of those big mm -hmm. three on the other end. Do you get worried a little bit when you look at this or you just think that the points are going to soar no matter what, whether Giannis is really engaged defensively or not? Do you worry that it becomes a one-man show? We saw it last night, certainly with the Clippers and Kawhi Leonard with that historic 45-point performance he had. Is that the type of game that Giannis has to have in game one if they're going to steal game one here and have that, that player prop go over 32 and a half? 
Yeah, I certainly would think so. And if you look at Giannis really throughout the regular season, he did average 39 points against this Brooklyn Nets team. Now, certain games did, did have the big three, certain games did not. Obviously, they didn't play a lot together. I think they played, I believe, eight regular season games together before they obviously had the first round series against the Boston Celtics. 4-1 Nets move on. But you know, he's got to have a big game, and I think one of these guards have to step up. And right. you did kind of see that in the Miami series. One game it was Bryn Forbes. Uh, another game it, it was going to be DiVincenzo. Now, DiVincenzo is out, right. and that's obviously a loss in terms of the depth. But I don't think it's like a series changer where it's going to change the momentum of a series. It's just Pat Connaughton is going to have to step into that starting role. Maybe they go with him. Some games they might go with Bryn Forbes if they want to get a little more matchup specific. But Chris Middleton and Giannis, I think, are going to give you what they give you. The key to this series, I think, is Drew Holiday because if the Nets kind of go into a little bit of that drop coverage a little bit, yeah. Drew Holiday will slice right through that, and he can shoot the three. Milwaukee has been a lot better this season at shooting the three, one of the top ten teams in the league in terms of percentage. So the Nets can't really just drop back and, let, let's say, let's give them a bunch of threes because eventually <laughs> Milwaukee will knock them down. Even, even Giannis has knocked down, I believe, ten in the three meetings uh, in the regular season against the Brooklyn Nets. And we know Giannis not really known as a great outside shooter, but he's, you certainly got to respect him at least a little bit. But I'm interested in some of the defensive matchups and what they're going to do. And then obviously one angle, too, you want to look at Davis rotations. Right. Because if you look on the Brooklyn Nets side, Kevin Durant basically goes the entire first quarter. He plays the entire 12 minutes. So... That would make maybe Brooklyn, if you want to look at them like in first quarters, not necessarily saying just game one here, but really throughout the series, you may want to look at least have a little bit of bias or at least look first at Brooklyn in the first quarter. But then you go to the second quarter and flip it over. Giannis and Chris Middleton usually start the second quarter and play the first several minutes against the reserves. So that makes Milwaukee more of an attractive second quarter bet. And you can obviously bet those at a variety of places, including right here at Bet. At MGM. So that's something to kind of keep in mind because when we're down to only a few games, when you basically, we only have one a day, but maximum you're going to get two NBA games a day now. It's not like the regular season on right. a Wednesday night where you're going to get 10, 12 games on a full slate. So you got to get a little bit more creative in terms of how you bet. That brings the series prices into play. That brings, of course, props into play. And that also brings maybe quarters into play and second halves into play. So if you don't have a bet pre-flop, don't feel like you have to bet the game because there's going to be plenty of opportunities to get involved. I think you made our producer, Matt Neverett, nervous with your first quarter breakdown, but maybe better with that second quarter because he's got Milwaukee on the money line here at circuit plus 135 for that first half here. And that's kind of the theory, right? If Milwaukee's going to steal it, they're going to steal game one here as they're kind of working out those rotations that you mentioned and figuring out these matchups. I was intrigued when I saw those player props for Brooklyn here, and not one of the big three are over 30. They're all under that posted total. Giannis, obviously the biggest one in the game at 32.5. How would you break that down, Wes, if you wanted to bet the player props for those big three? Are they all going to get theirs? Two might get theirs and one suffers? What do you think that's going to play out in game one? That's been the problem, really, for me, really, in the first series. I did not get involved with a lot of props on Kyrie or Durant or James Harden because 
one game, one of them's going to go off, and then the next game it's going to be somebody else. So it really gets a little bit unpredictable here in terms of uh, of what you're looking at because one guy has an off game, then the other two pick him up, or maybe all three fire on the same night, and then they're obviously very tough to beat. So I have not played in any of these yet. If I were to go over on any of the big three, it would be Durant. I think he's the most sure of them because the minutes, at least early on in the game, are going to come, like I was mentioning a minute ago, that he basically plays the entire first quarter, then takes a rest, comes in, you know, four or five-minute mark in, in the second quarter, more than likely, or maybe even at the six-minute, kind of the the middle timeout you get in that second quarter at under six minutes. So, Duran, I think, will get his minutes, and that would be where I would lean on the points at over 28-and-a-half. So, obviously, if he's scoring, somebody's setting him up. So maybe you want to look at Kyrie Irving on the assists. Now, that's going to be juiced up right now. I'm seeing three-and-a-half. I know we don't have the VIG necessarily right beside him, but I think I've seen in the 140, 145 Mm. range. So that's a little bit of an extra juice to lay on a prop. But that would probably be where I would look if I were looking amongst the stars. But... As we go on into the series, I'm going to be looking to maybe find different props. Uh, and the props I really liked in the Brooklyn series in the first round was Joe Harris mm. over his three-pointers. And it did get there a couple times because when you have Harris on the floor, I think that the Nets are like a plus 18.5, if I recall, in terms of that net rating. When you not only have Durant, Harden, and Irving on the floor, but you also have Joe Harris. Joe Harris is going to be really the X factor, I think, in this series. He had the best three-point percentage in the league this year and can absolutely go on fire. Now, the thing is, he's got to guard somebody, so where can you hide Joe Harris? You obviously (laughs) don't want to get him switched off on Giannis or switched off on a much quicker Drew Holiday, so did they maybe hide him a little bit on Connaughton? And then who's Harden going to take? Is he going to take Connaughton? Is he going to go ahead and take uh, uh, Forbes or or maybe one of the wings for Milwaukee? So that's the interesting part of this and kind of seeing how this is going to play out over the course of the series. Yeah, I think it's interesting that you mentioned that really maybe the national media is not giving Milwaukee the love. That's certainly the books are showing here at plus 165, uh, the price here to win this series. And I am, you look at their mentality here, Wes, and, you know, a couple years ago we thought they're going to get through and then Toronto and Kawhi happens. And then last year it's bubble basketball. We get that. They get swept by Miami. But they feel like they're in a good headspace going into this series against Brooklyn because they did get the reverse sweep, if you will, of Miami this year. Is that why, because of the way that they're entering this second round, that this feels like maybe a juicy price at plus 165 for the series? Because really they are, team-wise and Giannis-wise, in a really good headspace. Yeah, Dave, I think it's part and parcel of that uh, because Milwaukee obviously exercised the demons of the uh, bubble (laughs) last uh, summer where they did get Milwaukee or Miami rather. And Miami just hit, it seemed like, every three against these guys when Milwaukee went in a drop coverage. That's why you've seen Coach Buttonholzer and staff have them do a little bit more switching this year because it's like they were never switching and they were just leaving open shooters and Miami knocked them down last year, did not do so much uh, in terms of the first round series. I think they were like 35% as a team in the first round. But I think also it's a little bit of the unknown with the Brooklyn Nets because the fact that you do have now a playoff series under their belt, but you really only had eight games together. And it kind of reminded me, because I've talked about this over the last couple months with Matt Humans on our show, My Guys in the Desert, right here on Beeson. And 
the Nets kind of resemble, at least there's some similarities, I think, to last year's Clippers team. When they, all of a sudden they got Kawhi and Paul George together, but you never really saw him on the floor very often at the same time because one guy would have a load management night and then the next guy, the other guy, would have the load management night. So you really didn't get a lot of games of them together, and that's why the Clippers were such a disappointment in last year's playoffs getting knocked out by the Denver Nuggets. So you wonder if that's going to happen with Brooklyn. Now, Brooklyn has so much more offense. I mean, this is as good of an offense as we saw when the Warriors made their run when they were at full strength with Steph and Clay. Draymond, the whole the whole company there, but this is you know close to a generational I think NBA offense. So when they can score like that, there's just going to be some nights where they're just going to outscore teams, but they don't really get a lot of stops. They don't have a lot of size down low, and when you're playing a guy that can score from all over the floor like Greek Freak, the Nets could very much be in trouble. They don't have anybody that's going to match up with them. DeAndre Jordan is older now i mean maybe he can kind of defend and transition but in terms of getting like isos or any type of post-ups he's not going to be able to stop him or have to guard him on the drive blake griffin i don't think is athletic enough i think claxton is a little too small so this should be a big series for Giannis. now is it going to be enough or is there going to be a point where he kind of pulls the disappearing act which sometimes he can do a little bit late and i was talking about that with aaron renning yesterday on vsin that's the concern for Milwaukee is can they close out, you know, do you, can Giannis close these games? And sometimes he's been a little shaky in that regard over the years. And, and that's the thing we talked about a, a little bit last night with Tim Murray and the nightcap. And, you know, you, you look at this Brooklyn team and the offensive firepower that you just illustrated, but we're trying to think historically of NBA champions that didn't really play a semblance of defense. And ironically here, we know that Kevin Durant can play defense. So that's why I was worried about that prop uh, player prop up for, for Giannis at 32 and a half. If Durant gets switched off on him and decides to play defense, I almost get the feeling, Wes, that they held back in the regular season because it really didn't matter to them, obviously, as the mm-hmm. two seed. Do you see them playing and trying to somehow get bodies on Giannis and slow him down or just let him get his and we're just going to outscore you with the big three defense be damned? It could be the latter, Dave, because I just think that Steve Nash is going to see his, his bigs and it's like, I just don't have enough. And you saw in the first series against Boston where Blake Griffin would play the majority of the first half, and then he didn't see a lot of minutes in the second half, and he kind of went with the platoon of Claxton and even a little bit of Jeff Green, who basically is like a 3 and D guy having to play the big guy role. And you kind of saw that because Boston really didn't have the size either, obviously with Jalen Brown having been out for the entire series. So that made Boston a lot more guardable at the rim. So, you know, I think Giannis is going to get his. I don't know really if I'm going to bet that points prop in the first game because, to your point, I want to see what the Nets are going to do in terms of their defensive approach. If they're going to allow KD to go ahead and guard him heads up for certain stretches of the game. So that's one where I'm kind of waiting and watching and just uh, seeing if I can get a read on a pattern for these before I play these props with the star players going forward. All right, he is Wes Reynolds. And uh, Wes, we'll be discussing much more of this game one, 7.30 Eastern tip. 
uh, in Brooklyn tonight. Again, team totals very quickly if you're interested in that. Milwaukee's team total is 118 and Brooklyn at 121 and a half. Hence, that's where you're getting that number right around 239. So thanks for joining us here on the Green Zone presented by BetMGM. We've got much more to get to, including Tim Doyle, Tim Doyle joining us uh, next hour. Mike Ferranio and Ron Flatter will talk all about the Belmont later on in this program. You are inside the Green Zone. Hey guys, this is Matt Jones, Drew Franklin from the Fade This Podcast. We got a great episode coming up. Picks in all the sports, football, basketball, we do them all. But here's a preview of this week's episode. Nothing to do with anyone personally, but Creighton is the team every year that the nerds, you know, the basketball nerds, are like, you know, who's ready to get to Creighton? You don't watch Creighton. They play, and I'm like, I don't want to watch Creighton because I agree with Shannon the dude today. Creighton's never going to win anything. Stop talking to me about Creighton. They're not never the, not gonna, the not the Big East tournament. They're, well, I mean, they could maybe they win the Big East tournament, but it'll only be luck. But like, they're always like, you know, a sleeper team. That cool. Like that guy who I told you had eight title teams. One of his title teams was Creighton. Is not winning the national championship. It's yeah, I don't not, have him doing that. That like that's why do we all have to act like Creighton is a, is a is a good team? Creighton's like the band they all say you should know if you really knew bands. <laughs> And then they're never at any of those. And then they're never, yeah, exactly. And it comes time for the Grammys, and they lose out to, like, you know, Lil Durk. And you're like, see, I knew Lil Durk was better. Why are you, t- why are you telling me? see the whole time. <laughs> and this episode was brought to you in partnership with DraftKings. To hear more, listen and subscribe to Fade This on iHeartRadio or wherever you listen to podcasts. Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was edited so well. I think you're so talented. Social media interactions are only positive when you use Zigazoo. Zigazoo is the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. Your kids can upload their content and see what their friends are up to. With Zigazoo, they can create videos, enter to win prizes, and try out the latest dances and trends. There's no commenting, no text messaging, and everything is 100% human moderated. Plus, all community members are real, verified kids just like yours. There are no bots, trolls, or AI. Because Zigazoo is about one thing and one thing only, and that is fun. Try out Zigazoo this spring break and let your kids share your vacation vlogs and best edits with their friends safely. Download the Zigazoo app today. That's Z-I-G-A-Z-O-O. Welcome to the Scene to Scene podcast. I am your host, Valerie Complex. Today, I am chatting with Ji Young Yu. Ji Young stars as co-lead in the six-part limited series, Expats. I think I learn a little bit with every character that I play. I think usually I play a character and it causes enough introspection that I learn something about myself. I honestly can't gush enough about Freaky Tales. I'm so excited to share it with more people. If you like what you hear, be sure to review, like, and subscribe to the Scene to Scene podcast. CNN Underscore's Guide to Sleep has tons of recommendations for products that can help you get the best night's sleep ever. All right, let's face it. Most of us have had trouble falling or staying asleep at some point. And there are a lot of products and hacks claiming to be the solution to our sleepless nights. 
That's why the CNN Underscored team spend hundreds of hours testing products to find the ones that can make a huge difference in the quality of your slumber. Visit Underscored.com now for our ultimate guide to getting better sleep. With basketball, hockey, and baseball games every week, it's time to get into BetMGM Sports Nevada, premier sports betting app. BetMGM has all your favorite wagering options, along with in-game betting, boosted odds specials, and much more. Download the BetMGM app today and stop by any MGM casino on the Strip with your state-issued ID to open an account and start placing sports bets from anywhere in Nevada. Whatever your sport, whatever your betting style, you're going to love BetMGM's state-of-the-art technology and fan-friendly specials every day of the week. Visit BetMGM for terms and conditions. Must be 21 or older and physically located in Nevada. Please gamble responsibly. If you have a gambling problem, please call 1-800-522-4700. Dave Ross back with you here inside Circus Sportsbook, and Wes Reynolds is over at Mandalay Bay. And, and Wes, I wanted to get into some baseball right now. Looking up here, seeing Cincinnati up 2-1 on the Redbirds, top of the fourth right now in St. Louis. And looking up and seeing Detroit up on the White Sox, and the White Sox with Lucas Giolito closed at minus 220 today. They're down 3-1 right now in the bottom of the fourth. Uh, that over-under was hitting right around 9 uh, eight and a half in some places, eight and a half here at under 115. What's going on with Lucas Giolito? Because it, it feels like if you're betting against him right now, that's been a pretty good way to go for a team that's been really good with the White Sox so far this season. And Dave, you're right. He's supposed to be the ace of this staff. If you look really, though, on the White Sox season thus far, he's getting outshined by Lance Lynn and also by Carlos Rodon. Lance Lynn had this monster May and continued it with the win the other night. Giolito, it's like he's been okay. He's 5-4, 373 ERA, 353 on the XFIP, but he's not putting up like ace-style numbers, I think what the White Sox really expected from them. But he's getting bailed out a little bit because you got the White Sox that are averaging just under five runs a game, fifth best in all of Major League Baseball. So a little bit of a surprise right now to see Detroit, who is last in the American League in terms of runs per game at 3.66, and also with Tariq Skubal on the mound, who's been getting hit hard and hit very often. Two and seven, about an XFIP on just under five, which is uh, not a very good number if you really look at those XFIP towards ERA numbers. He's kind of been what he is, two and seven record on the year, but so far getting it done here. So some parlays could get killed early on, these early morning baseball parlays, if Detroit <laughs> can go ahead and get through. But bottom of the fourth, man on second for the White Sox. So, so far, three to one, Tigers. And here we go with the money line at plus 140 for the, the live adjusted odds. Would you take a flyer? Because you're going to get into that Tiger bullpen at some point, And it just feels like maybe the best option for Chicago is getting Giolito out of the game. Any mm-hmm. value that you see there at plus 140 for Chicago? I would like a little bit more before I got involved, but you certainly make a, a salient point, I think, in terms of that Tiger bullpen, one of the worst in Major League Baseball. So Tariq Skubal actually turning uh, the ball over <laughs> when he goes out of the game. He's at 75 pitches now, bottom of the fourth. I would expect he's probably going to come out and they're going to try to get five out of him. but. He looks like he may turn this over to the bullpen with the lead, but that's always a very tenuous situation if you're a Tigers starter. Yeah, absolutely. And very quickly, when we look at it, some other marquee matchups, obviously the Red Sox and Yankees 
414 Eastern. But really tonight for me, Wes, I want to talk about the Metropolitans against the Padres. When you have Jacob deGrom going up against Joe Musgrove, five and a half. And I know it's juiced up here, but you just don't see totals in Major League Baseball. No, that's not a seven-inning, you know, doubleheader. Five and a half here, they're just double-dog daring you to take the over, aren't they? Yeah, they really are, but I don't know if I'm going to take the bait here because you say we don't see totals of five and a half. Well, we also don't see pitchers with .71 ERAs <laughs> in their starts in a 153 XFIP like Jacob deGrom and Joe Musgrove, no slouch in his own right, already one of the multitude of no-hitters this year, and he's been able, and he hasn't really fallen off the face of the earth. Sometimes you see a guy when he throws an early no-hitter, and then all of a sudden, you know, they kind of fall apart, but he has still kept a 2 ADRA ever since that no-hitter. .76 on the whip, which is walks per, in hits per innings pitch, so that is absolutely outstanding. And Musgrove hasn't given up a run in his last three appearances. He's gone 16 and two-thirds in that stretch. Two hits, only given up one walk, and has struck out 20, so Man, that's it's hard to. I, I know it's hard to take it under at five and a half, but I don't think I want any part of this over in this one. But again, you know, it's you make money if you bet against Jacob Degrom because the Mets traditionally don't score runs for him. But this is the sure. best value you'll ever get if you want to back Degrom, right? Yeah, absolutely. And uh, uh, now Musgrove has taken the money though, so you're getting Jacob Degrom as a rare underdog. I have not played this game as of yet, but. If anything, I'd see if I can get a six and maybe go under. You're starting to see six juice to the under in some of the markets at about minus $1.20. I'm just trying to convince myself to take Jacob DeGrom here as a diehard Metropolitan fan. More with Wes in a moment. When we come back, we will look at that leaderboard at the Memorial. It's really good. And we're going to talk a little NHL playoffs when you come back with us right here inside the Green Zone. Belmont Stakes is today, and the VEASAN horse racing experts are analyzing the horses, track conditions, and prior race results to finding that betting edge. Our team is here to get you ready to make your best bet on the final race of the Triple Crown. Visit VEASAN.com slash horses to find our full race coverage, special offers from our partners, including a $20 credit at the VEASAN store, get some swag, and picks from horse racing, horse racing specialists, including Dave Tooley, Ron Flatter. Jeff Siegel, Millie Ball, and Jeremy Plonk. That's beeson.com slash horses. Back here at Circa as we resume the green zone here with Wes Reynolds over there at Mandalay Bay. And Wes, we do want to get into the hockey and the NHL playoffs here a little bit. I was here last night with Tim Murray for the Vegas Knights comeback last night, and it was dramatic with those two goals in 45 seconds to turn a 2-1 deficit into a 3-2 win and get back into that series with Colorado now just down two games to one. And I know a lot of Vegas Knights backers here got to feel really good that their, their team is back in this series. If you're holding on to those tickets, what do you make, Wes, of them going forward? Do you really feel like they can take that momentum into game four tomorrow? 
I think they absolutely can. Now, I picked Colorado. I did not bet it the series, though. But I do think Colorado is slightly the better team than the Vegas Golden Knights. But if you look at the last two games, Vegas, of course, outplayed Colorado in that second game in Denver at the Ball Arena, but just couldn't stay out of the penalty box. And that's really what cost them the game. So I liked them last night, and they were right there. And then Colorado took that late lead, and then all of a sudden Vegas got that explosion. And look, BGK has the skaters to go up and down with these guys. They don't have to, like, sit back and just absorb the pressure, which a lot of teams have to do. And this is a Colorado team that can absolutely pressure you. And you look at that power play. I think they going into last night they were, like, 43%, which is an outstanding mark on the power play in the playoffs and really at any point of the season. But I do think VGK, if you look – they were totally outplayed in game one because they had no energy because they came off that game seven where they thought they had Minnesota licked and they were going to exercise those demons of the Minnesota Wild. Then Minnesota gets back in and BGK has to put everything into game seven and had no energy against a rested Colorado team who got that win seven to one. But I think if you look at the action over to about the last six periods of hockey, I'm not including the overtime here, but BGK has probably outplayed Colorado in at least four of them and maybe five. Five of them. So, yeah, they're absolutely right back in this series. Had they let Colorado stole, steal one last night, it obviously would have been all she wrote. You're not winning four straight games against no. a team like the Colorado Avalanche uh, and really against anybody, but especially Colorado. So, yeah, I think Vegas is absolutely right back into this series. I think Obviously, having the Fortress at T-Mobile Arena be full mm -hmm. capacity for the first time this year, kind of a culture shock really for both teams because we've seen some of these series in the South with like Carolina, Tampa Bay, Nashville, where they haven't been quite full capacity, Florida as well, but they've been having 12 and 13 and 14,000 people here where it's close to being sold out. And I think that took a little bit for these guys to get used to. It was a slow start in terms of the scoring here last night. But it's kind of one of those things I was making a joke with a buddy last night. You really, you really got to hold on tight if you're going to bet an under in this series. It <laughs> yeah. did go under last night, and I was actually commenting. I was uh, going back and forth with Jeff Davis, who's one of the main odds makers down there where you are, Dave, at Circus Sports. And he's like, man, you are really holding on for dear life if you're <laughs> betting unders here. I was like, I had my fill in game two. It got there, went under five and a half, five goals in the, uh, when you include the overtime period. And I was like, that was it for me. Now I got to try to find sides or I got to try to find maybe going with the Knights first period like I did last night, which pushed, but the full game did win. So yeah, BGK, I think, is very live if you want to get on them in the series. Do I think Colorado is the better team? Yes. But when you're looking at that number, at this stage, when you're in the middle of a series, you're just looking for number value at this standpoint. You're just trying to take as good a number as you can, and that's what I think you have to do as sports bettors. Even if you're kind of leaning and thinking, well, Colorado, I think, is the better team, you're certainly not going to lay 350 at this standpoint. No, and good point, Sue, that you really were hanging on. You thought you had the under easily all night, and then you had to sweat it out with the empty net scenario at the end of the game. It didn't burn those under betters uh, last night. When you look at tonight's matchups, and again, I look at both of these matchups here with the Hurricanes and the Lightning and the Bruins and the Islers. Uh, both of them are at five and a half here, and, and, they're, and they're juiced up pretty good, plus 130, plus 125 here. So again, they're, they're pushing you to try to take that over. I don't see it certainly in that Bruins and Islanders contest. Could you make a case for the Hurricanes and the Lightning maybe to have some more offense in that one, Wes? 
I can, and all three of the games, by the way, have gone under this season, and six of the eight also went under in the regular season. So, But in the regular season, you obviously did not have Kucherov on the Tampa Bay right. side, and you didn't have Taravainen on the Carolina side. The road team so far, kind of uh, following the lead of the Mavericks and the Clippers, have won all the games so far, 3-0. and So now Tampa Bay getting a little bit of the money, about a 10, 15-cent move from the opener. I think it was 145 in the overnights. But like I've said, you were worried about Carolina's depth. We know Niederreiter's out for the rest of the series. Vincent Trocek. Looks like Warren Fegele is going to be upgraded to probable, so at least they're not going to be down three guys. But... I, I do like I do like the over a little bit in this spot. You haven't seen a lot of real power play opportunities here. Both these teams have done a good job staying out of the box. But if you look at the last game, Dave, even though it was the game that they lost, it was probably the best game that Tampa Bay played. Yeah, they did. They had fifteen. Yeah, they had fifteen high danger chances, and it was really Peter Mrazek who I think really saved Carolina's backside here, saving thirty-five or thirty-seven shots. Even though the other kid, Nadelkovich, I don't think is been bad, but Mrazek clearly gave him a spark, at least in game three. So if Tampa Bay is going to be able to put that kind of pressure and generate that many high danger chances again, and it is going to be Mrazek going again, and obviously Bob Zaleski in between the pipes of Tampa Bay, but if Tampa Bay can generate that type of high danger chances, they're going to put some pucks in the net. I think even though Mrazek played very well last time. So that's why I do like the over here. And I think uh, right now at BetMGM, I think it's minus 135 to the under. So about 115 on the take back to the over. You can shop around and maybe even get as high as plus 120 or plus $1.25 on that over. And that's the way I'm going here of Carolina and Tampa Bay. And very quickly in the Bruins and Islanders, can you even give me a scenario where you're going to see six goals? Because to me, it feels Feels like that underplay, just the way that Barry Trotz plays for the Islanders, they're going to keep it close to the vest, down two to one. Do you see a lot of open ice tonight, or would you think that this is going to go under that posted total? I was on the under in game three, and it got there pretty easily with uh, it being 1-1 after regulation. You are a little bit worried, though, is that they did have expected goals were in the fours, but you didn't really see that in game three. So that that uh, top line of Bergeron, Marchand, and Pasternak, they're really up against that, trying to stop that line. But I haven't decided where I'm going here. But you're right about Barry Trotz. If you look at his career historically, he's got to muck it up and go ugly early. He can't get into a shootout up and down with these guys. Yeah, much more NHL throughout the show here on the Green Zone. But when we come back, we will get out to Jack's place in Dublin, Ohio. Very interesting leaderboard there and keep you updated on everything going on in Major League Baseball. You are inside the Green Zone presented by BetMGM on VEASAN, the sports betting network. Have you heard about the social media platform for kids? It's called Zigazoo. It's a great place where kids like me can come together to make fun videos. Zigazoo is moderated by real live people who review content before it's posted on the feed. (laughs) I especially love the dance challenges. So much fun. Oh, and there's no comments or messaging, so you don't get any of that negativity that's all over other social networks. All my friends love it. I love that it's Kids Safe COPPA certified. Uh, I don't know what that means. It means it has built-in privacy protections for your online data. Uh, that's great, but I wouldn't be doing Zigazoo if it wasn't fun. She would not be doing it if I didn't think her data was safe. 
Zigazoo, the world's largest social network. For kids! <laughs> Download the Zigazoo app today. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. Everyone, please welcome Coach John Calipari. We're getting beat by 18. My first game in Kentucky. They're saying cows are bust. You can't coach. This is crazy. John Wall runs down the floor and makes a buzzer beater. Yep. You remember that, John? That's my first game win I ever made. Remember you said you never seen me do that. Ladies and gentlemen, Demarcus Boogie Cousins. I called Boogie. I'm like, yo, bro, I'm about to commit to Duke. And I hung up on him. <laughs> bro, I'm talking about, do you want to tell me how many times he called me all type of names? Bro, you really sold me out. You doing this. <laughs> <laughs> bro, I was sick. I remember that like yesterday, man. Love you, John Wall. Thanks, Coach. Love you, too. You made me everything I am today. Nah, you made me. You made me. I love it. Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. It wasn't even supposed to do That's my, my dance, <laughs> Billy Eilish and Phineas O'Connell, they're with us today on Crew Call. I'm your host, Anthony D'Alessandro. Billy's vocals. It was automatic art. You know, I had to, like, choose a more challenging route than just, like, da-da-da-da. You know what I'm saying? Like, it could have been, like, easier. And a lot of people have asked me, like, how did you choose to have it be so soft and, like, so simple? And what else was it going to—like, that's what the song wanted. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Crew Call podcast on Deadline. Martha Stewart, the original influencer. When I think about anything, I think about the way that she did it first. The media mogul. The six years ahead, she saw what was coming. The prisoner, the rise, the fall, and the reinvention of an American icon. Once Martha paved the road, everybody else pretty much copied her. A CNN original series, The Many Lives of Martha Stewart, now streaming on Max. wager on the Bucks or Nets into 100 with BetMGM. If either team hits a three, just use the bonus code BSIN100 when you sign up for a king of sportsbooks and get ready for showtime. Download the app or go to BetMGM.com for more details and make sure to use the promo code BSIN100. New customer offer paid in free bets. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. You must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Colorado, Indiana, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Nevada, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, or West Virginia only. Excludes Michigan disassociated persons. Please gamble responsibly. If you do have a gambling problem, you can call 1-800-522-4700 in Colorado, Nevada, and Virginia. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-GAMBLER in New Jersey, Pennsylvania, and West Virginia. And 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa, in Tennessee. Call or text the red line at 800-889-9789 in Indiana. Call 1-800-9-WITH-IT. Promotional offer is not available in Nevada. And we are back here on the Green Zone. I am coming to you from Circa. Dave Ross here and Wes Reynolds is over at Mandalay Bay. And Wes, I promised that we'd get into Jack's place out there in Dublin, Ohio. Very good tournament here, the Memorial. And when you look up at the leaderboard, it's a pretty classy leaderboard by golf standards. I I just want to know off the top who you had pre-tournament and if you still feel confident in your picks. I don't. I have one guy kind of in the mix here, and that's Patrick Reed, 
who is now, I believe, in the top 10. I think he just bogeyed on 17. He's trying to post a number here, but probably a little bit too far back. No surprise that the defending champion, John Rahm, he was the tournament favorite coming in. I believe he was 11-1 to preflop. You can now bet on the in-play, of course, at BetMGM. Plus 120, so 6-5 to five right now on John Rahm to go ahead and get this done. He's got a one-shot lead over Patrick Cantlay, who is at 12-5. to five. Colin Morikawa at 3-1. to one. He was kind of the stat darling when you looked at the handicapping. And if I just went on stats, I would have played Morikawa, but I, I did not this week and kind of regretting it because he's producing and really living up to his stats marks. Because when I looked at the stats, Dave, that were going to be really important here at this event, even though this course has been remodeled at Muirfield Village, strokes gained approach, Jack Nicklaus always says on whatever design he has, this is a quote-unquote second shot golf course and right. i know it sounds cliche but it's absolutely proving to be true because number one in the field on stroke gained approach right now colin marikawa gaining 2.24 per round and when i was looking this week and usually dave when i do the write-ups and point spread weekly and we tape long shots and go through the golf content here on vsin i'm always looking at approach and I always kind of look over the period of the last 24 rounds, which is basically the last several tournaments over the course of two or three months, because I want to see how a guy's hitting it of late, not how he hit it like seven months ago. So I looked at Morikawa, and he was number one on strokes gained approach by like 10 shots over the next best guy in the field, which was Charlie Hoffman. And it was the same for strokes gained tee to green. So Morikawa right now leading the field in terms of strokes gained approach, also, just ahead of John Rom for strokes game tee to green. Rom's game tee to green is always obviously very good, but he hasn't really been in the hunt very much this year. Has a few top tens, but a lot of those top tens you see in majors. Uh, Will Gray from NBC Sports Bet was on long shots with Brady Cannon and I, and he made a really good line here where he says, you know, John Rom's record, it kind of looks really good when you look at Wikipedia of late <laughs> in terms of the majors because he's getting these top tens, and it's like, wow, he was top ten again at the Masters. He was top ten again at the PGA. But these were backdoor top tens. These weren't, okay, he's one or two shots back in one of the last few groups. So he's gotten off to a slow start this year, and I was looking maybe to bet him in a couple weeks in terms of my shortest price guy in my staking plan at the U.S. Open, but it's probably going to drop a little bit if he goes ahead and wins here. I don't think the number is going to drop that much. It probably, though, will make him the outright favorite over like a Dustin Johnson or anybody else. He will be the number one favorite, I think, at the U.S. Open in two weeks if he goes ahead and gets it done here. Wes, when you look at it and when you're trying to help out that golf gambler that, that wants to hop in here in the third third round and certainly when we get into Sunday in that final round how far back is too far back it's to really take a flyer like on, on pedigreed players you mentioned to Patrick Reed he's only six shots back right now as they play their back nine in the third round uh, is that about the, the right spot where somebody could go out there and shoot maybe a 64-65 on Sunday to get you some long shot value for a dramatic comeback at a place like Jack's I I think for this uh, tournament, too, just kind of the way the leaderboard, we're seeing it kind of shake out a little bit. 
you probably want to be, I think, around five would be the number. Like, let's say this this uh, 12 under from John Rahm, he goes ahead and shoots uh, even par on the back nine, and that lead is still good. You probably want to be about seven under at the end of the day, I think, to really take a shot here because these are class players you have up here with Rahm and Cantlay and Morikawa. These are all guys that are in the top 15 in the world. Scotty Scheffler, just outside the top 20, still trying to get that first win, but you know he's got the game mm -hmm. and he's got the pedigree. So these are all really good players. couple surprises up there with maybe a Vaughn Taylor or a Lucas Herbert, who usually plays a lot on the European Tour, obviously playing well here. But you've got to pass a lot of class players. These aren't necessarily greenhorns on the lead. Yeah, absolutely. And, Wes, when I look at that and you see Rom Cantlay and Warwick Howard there up at the top three, uh, two guys major champions, and we know Rom's going to get one eventually here. Would you wait then and see how the, 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 the last, you know, the back nine of the third round plays out for those class marquee players before you made a play on Sunday? Or do you want to hop in now while they're still grouped up? Because we don't know. Somebody could go really low here on this back nine mm -hmm. and separate themselves from the other two. Yeah, because you're looking at a real precipitous drop-off right now, Dave, when I was talking about those in-play prices. I think uh, Scotty Scheffler is currently fourth is 25-1. to one. That might be worth the stab. Max Homa, 40-1. to one. I think I would need a little bit more being five shots back. But then you're getting into like 100-1, to one, 125-1. Yeah, no to thanks. One. And I think those guys are maybe just a little far back. And some of these guys, by the way, in, in terms of a class field and a class tournament like this, like Lucas Herbert, nice player out of Australia, but this is different cotton for him. Right. I mean, this is much dollar cotton to be in this type of field with this type of elite group. So I would take a pass definitely on those guys. You know, Tiger always talked about it, Wes, you know, shaking the hand uh, of Jack when you come off that green victorious at 18, you know these guys do think about it. Do you think that plays in? Even though the star power that we have at the top on a Sunday, knowing that Jack's waiting for you there off the 18th green, do you think that's going to affect either of these three uh, top dogs coming down the stretch? Maybe some of the younger guys. I don't know if it's going to affect necessarily these class players, but I do remember being on John Rahm last year. At one point in the final round, he had an eight-shot lead. Mm. Now, the weather really got bad a little bit, and they put the pins in, like, impossible places on Sunday because at the work they had that workday championship that I, or that right. open that I mentioned uh, the week before that they usually don't have. And I think the winning score from Marikawa was, like, 19 under par. Well, Jack Nicholas was like, you know, the hell with that. I don't want people shooting. <laughs> 19 under on my golf right. course, you know, my muse to Augusta National, my premier design here. So they made it a little bit too hard, I think, and tough in the setup. So Rom all of a sudden had an eight-shot lead, went to a five-shot lead, went to a four-shot lead. He took a penalty late, ended up winning by three strokes because uh, he had moved the ball, I believe, in terms of being in the rough. It had moved on accident. He didn't do it on purpose, but didn't know that the ball moved. So obviously that's a two-shot penalty. So he should have won by five, ended up winning by three. But to your point, this is a little bit bigger of a regular tour event because right. it's an invitational event. I mean, it's not quite a major, the players are a WGC, but it is a big invitational event. And it, it, it that's similarly applies to like 
down at Bay Hill for the Arnold Palmer, obviously the King no longer with us, mm -hmm. but that always kind of mattered to players because you always want to show out when a legend of the game and one of the icons of the entire game of golf is hosting an event. So sure, they want to play well in front of Jack Nicholas and, you know, get that handshake from Jack and Barbara as they're coming <laughs> off the 18th green and he meets all the players. And sure, you want to make an impression on the Golden Bear. Yeah, it is interesting when you mention that, you know, I always kind of laugh a little bit and chuckle at the fifth major uh, of the players down there at Sawgrass. And I do wonder where this ranks because you do still have a living legend like Jack there. Would you put it just below the players and maybe slightly below those WGCs that you mentioned? I would say probably this event, probably Riviera because oh. of the history of it. That being the, uh, I forget that it's the Genesis Invitational. Right. I'm trying to remember when the sponsor <laughs> switches, Dave. I always call it the LA Open, but right. you know, all these invitational events are important, uh, whether it's the Bay Hill Invitational, now the Arnold Palmer Invitational in Orlando, and then you look at uh, Colonial, obviously, with that tie to Ben Hogan. So anything that's tied to an icon or a legend of the game, I think is one of the chief important events, and that's why because it's an invitational you have to get invited not only to this thing but that's why most of the elite players when they have a chance to play are going to go ahead and show up like they have this week and right now out of the big three Kyle Morikawa has the best round going at four under he's through the 10th hole there uh, he is two shots back of John Rahm who's at 12 under two under for the day so again if you're thinking about hopping in you can either wait and see how this back nine plays out or try to hop in right now, but Ron with a one-shot lead over Patrick Cantlay. So it is a stacked leaderboard. Wes just keeping an eye on some Major League Baseball right now, still tied up at two in St. Louis between the Reds and the Red Birds there. And, uh, boy, if you got the White Sox, you're starting to sweat it a little bit because right now that was minus 220 going off with Lucas Giolito. They are down 3-1 to one as they go to the top of the six in Chicago. So, you know, again, it's not working out for Giolito. Maybe some late-inning Heroics there. Uh, again, very quickly, Wes, would you still think about hopping in on the Sox here as you're going to go into that Tiger bullpen, or are you just at now 3-1, to one, you're just not liking the odds here, down two, got to get three to get the win? Well, when you look at the pitch count, Scooball now at over 100 pitches uh, has struck out 11 guys a day, but at 103 pitches through five innings, I don't see how much longer they're going to stretch him. Giolito, by the way, only 74 pitches going into the sixth inning. So if you can get uh, you know, a higher price than that 140 that you mentioned earlier, White Sox could be worth a stab here. All right, maybe not out of it for the Southsiders wearing those Southside jerseys. A lot of consternation with people on social media about that. I don't get it. I kind of like it. I get it that it's very hot there in Chicago. Hot here in Las Vegas. Thank you for joining us here on the Green Zone. We will be back. Of course, this is presented by Bet MGM. Eilish and Phineas O'Connell, they're with us today on Crew Call. I'm your host, Anthony D'Alessandro. Billy's vocals, it was automatic art. You know, I had to like choose a more challenging route than just like da 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 da. You know what I'm saying? Like it could have been like easier. And a lot of people have asked me, like, how did you choose to have it be so soft and like so simple? And what else was it gonna like? That's what the song wanted. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Crew Call podcast on Deadline.
Have you heard about the social media platform for kids? It's called Zikazoo. It's a great place where kids like me can come together to make fun videos. Videos moderated by real people who review content before it's posted to the feed. I love the dance challenges. I love that it's Kids Safe COPPA certified. Uh, I don't know what that means. It means it has built-in privacy protections for your online data. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network. For kids. <laughs> Download the Zigazoo app today. I'm Dr. Sanjay Gupta, CNN's chief medical correspondent, and this is Chasing Life. Three out of four U.S. adults are considered overweight or have obesity. 75% of Americans. Dr. Fatima Cody-Stanford. Our weight is one factor that plays a role in our health. But by itself, it doesn't give us the full story of who we are. We have to look at our full person. Listen to Chasing Life, streaming now on the iHeartRadio app. Are you looking to step up to a 4K smart TV? One that gives you unparalleled clarity and picture resolution? Then we've got good news for you. Because the Vizio 65-inch V-Series 4K smart TV is now just $348. With all your favorite apps built in, you can stream straight out of the box. You can even sing along to all your favorite music and radio on the iHeartRadio app. Looking for a smaller or bigger screen? Vizio offers unbeatable prices on all V-Series 4K smart TVs. Head to Walmart.com today and score the 4K TV you've been waiting for.